You know, um, everybody loves a parade. I love a parade. I've been to many, and I love going with my children to celebrate and to have fun and to, to see what's going on as those that come through the crowd that need to receive and enjoy the, the celebration. This is Joshua and myself. We were at uh, Disney World, and time came when the parade was coming through Main Street. And so we, we rushed amidst the crowds to uh, get and to see all of the characters of Disney. And like many parents there, we had to prop our kids on our shoulders so that they could catch a glimpse of who was coming. And so as they rode through, there was Cinderella. And Josh was, Cinderella, Cinderella. And she waved at Josh, and his heart melted. (laughs) And more characters came through, the Power Rangers and Mickey Mouse. But the best of the day was Buzz Lightyear. (laughs) Buzz! 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 As he's on top of my shoulders, almost knocking me over. And Buzz does this. Man, Josh was in heaven. It was his hero. Buzz was to come and save the day. He was the warrior in the galaxies. And Buzz had recognized Joshua. And here was the one who would defeat evil Zerg, Zorg, whatever his name is, the enemy. And he loved it. Going into battle, he knew where Buzz Lightyear would be. And this morning we're going to enter into a parade. A parade that wants to cry out for a warrior. A parade that is looking for a hero. Looking for restoration. And so the people gather at this time of Pentecost. And they gather together, excuse me, Passover, and they gather together to bring in what they hope will be warrior Jesus, and cry out to him, Oh, save us. Turn with me, if you would, to Luke chapter 19 as we look at the preparations for the parade. Beginning in verse 28. And after Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem, and as he approached Bethpage at Bethany and Bethany, At the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt that is tied there, which no one has ever ridden. And untie it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you why you are untying it, tell them that the Lord has need of it. And those who were sent, they went ahead and they found it, just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? And they replied, The Lord has need of it. The theme of Luke's gospel rises up in this chapter 19. And it rises up at a wee little man's house named Zacchaeus. And as Jesus sits with Zacchaeus, the most wretched sinner of all, He brings forth the theme of the gospel. 
Jesus said to him, to Zacchaeus, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. This is why he came. This is why he's riding in. This is why we will enter in to all that Christ did for us as he paid the price. I came to seek and to save that which was lost. Let me give you the setting. It's in the place of Bethany. And many of you may know that Bethany was where Mary and and Martha and Lazarus lived. Those were some of his dearest friends. He spent much time with them and he loved them deeply. And they had many times where they ate together and just rejoiced in, in sweet fellowship. Bethany is two miles to the east of Jerusalem, and it was six days before the Passover. So it truly was this journey to the cross. As he was getting ready to pay and be the final sacrifice. And just before this time, he had been invited to Simon the leper's house, and he he met with him, and he met with Lazarus, the risen Lazarus. And he served a meal by his sisters and And after supper, Mary anointed his feet with incredible perfume, expensive burial oil. Many of the disciples were arriving for the Passover time. And so many would camp out in Bethany. It would be a spot that they would put their tent and then they would go into Jerusalem to celebrate Passover. And so all the disciples are coming in and again, Hundreds of thousands, if not millions, would come to bring in the Passover. The next day, Sunday, the Lord begins his journey towards Jerusalem. And there has been in the heavenlies this time of preparation for this very moment. The scriptures teach us in Galatians 4, but when the time had fully come, and that was now. Time to ride in, O dear son. God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. That we might receive the full rights of sons, because you are sons. God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts. The spirit who calls out Abba, Father. When the time had fully come, And so he sends his disciples, he says, go into the village, there will be a donkey that will be tied there. And if anyone asks of you, tell them that the Lord needs it. I don't think this was like in Star Wars, the Jedi mind control. Why are you taking the donkey? The Lord has need of your donkey. Yes, the Lord has need of the donkey. And they just kind of hand over the donkey to the disciples. There had been incredible preparation for this moment. I think that these folks, Jesus had spent time and talked with them as he saw their donkey in the village. I think they probably were disciples of Jesus. And so he had been preparing because he knew this time had come because he came to save that which was lost. And he comes in preparing for the moment and tell them as they ask why, Again, and they will ask, say, the Lord has need of it. Do you ever hear God speaking that to your heart? 
I have need of you. I have need of you to ride in the truth of the message of who I am into this broken world. I have need of you to bring in the truth that Jesus loves you. That He came for you. That He forgives you. That He came to save the lost. That He lost. That He came to pay the price for your sin. I need you to be my hands and my feet. Do you hear the Lord speaking to you? Have you heard Him whisper that? I want you to be the ones who are my ministers of reconciliation. I need you to come in and be ambassadors for me. I have need of you. I don't want you to stay tied up to that post, being the donkey that you normally are. I want you to be released and to be used of me. I have need of you for a much greater purpose. I have need of you to minister to your family. Do you guys have a hard time with that? You know, our family sometimes seems like the hardest place for us to share the good news. To share the love of God, their family, and you know, all that comes with that. But do you ever hear God tugging on your heart, saying, you're it. You're the one right in the center of this family. All the extended family and all the gatherings when you get together, and there's, there's all this going on all the time. And they don't know the love of Jesus. And yet you get to have all these Thanksgiving dinners with them and you get to have all these family times. Does God ever say, I need you to be the one to bring the hope into this broken family of yours? Don't just think that someone else is meant to do that. I have need of you. Step in. Share with them how much I love them. Do you ever look around your neighborhood and you got all these kids running around and you wonder where the parents are sometimes and, and they're just kind of out on their own? I have need of you to love these children, to, to be a family that shows them God's love through your family. As Caleb has many friends in the neighborhood and we, we invite them over all the time just to come and hang out with us so that they might know somehow the love of God through our family. And we feel compelled that the Lord has need of us to minister in our little community, our little street even. What is God calling upon you that I have need of you? Because he does. See, as followers of Jesus Christ, we have the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, don't we? What do you think the Holy Spirit's doing? Just hanging out? I am the one who will come upon you. I am the one who will speak truth to you. I am your comforter. I am your counselor. Fortis is the word comfort, the one who gives you strength. What I'm counseling you to do, what I'm prompting you to do, is to be used of me through the power of the Holy Spirit to minister to this broken world. And the Spirit doesn't just sit in your life and just take a nap. He's prompting each and every one of us. Remember Ephesians 2.10? I prepared in advance good works for you to step into. And I know, because I know who God is, and I know you do, 
that the Holy Spirit is stirring in your soul about ministering to this world. I know he is. He doesn't just leave people out of that. I think the problem is whether or not we choose to listen to him or not. These promptings, do you get those? You feel this tug on your soul? And I think as we grow more, I think we become more attentive to the Spirit. As we're walking in righteousness, I think the Spirit, we hear the Spirit more clearly. If we choose to live a lifestyle of sin, it's hard to hear the Spirit when He's ministering to us. But I know you've been prompted by the Spirit. I'll just tell you something that happened to me recently. I just, uh, you know, I did high school ministry here for many years, and I love I still, to this day, I really love high school kids. And uh, every now and then when I walk by that room, I'm like, dang, I'm in the wrong spot, you know? I love these kids. And, uh, you know, what, what happened is I, I walked by uh, the room the other day, and my good buddy Corey was ministering in there, and, and it just prompted me. I went back and I looked back some old Mexico photos. We've done many trips, and many of you have gone with me to Mexico. And I started looking at the photos, and there was a picture of this one guy who I just I hadn't seen in forever. I didn't know where he was. And so I kind of asked around. I'm like, hey, have you seen this brother? And found out where he was and, and uh, got a phone number from someone who had kind of been connected. And so, you know, just out of the blue, just kind of feeling God saying, call this guy. I do. It's been, it's been a good ten years. I kid you not. And uh, I call this guy, and he uh, picks up the phone, and he starts to share his life with me. And you start to, to hear that he, he moved to kind of a bigger city, and uh, he got caught up in the ways of the world. It had just engulfed him. And then from there, as he shared, he just, he just had to confess his, his soul. He just had to just lay it out there. Here's where I've sinned. And there's lots of um, yeah, there's lots of tears between the two of us. And then he wanted to get right with God. And so we prayed for that. And I encouraged them in the Lord to, to make some changes in who he was with and, and to seek out some fellowship because he can't live this Christian life on his own. And that lets he and I keep in conversation so that we're, we're looking to the Lord together. I think I just happened to walk by the high school room and just kind of felt like looking at Mexico photos. Are you kidding? Felt this thing about maybe I should call. Do you understand? I have need of you. And the Holy Spirit is prompting each of us. And so listen and step in so that we can rejoice with the Lord as we, again, are ministers of reconciliation to this world. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. For each and every one of us, he wants us to do that. Because the Prince of Peace is riding in. Verse 35. And they brought the donkey to Jesus and they threw their cloaks on the colt and they put Jesus on it. You kind of wonder what that looked like. As they, Come on, Jesus, you know, get up on this thing. And they went along and the people spread their cloaks on the road. And when they came near to the place in the road that went down the Mount of Olives... The crowd of the disciples, they began to joyfully praise God in loud voices for all of the miracles that they had seen. Blessed is the king. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in the heaven and glory to the highest. They praised God. 
who was his son, Jesus. The thinking of the disciples was that if Jesus could raise Lazarus, he certainly could conquer this Roman Empire. He certainly could be the one who would bring forth salvation and restoration and, and deliver us from the oppression. But he rode in on a donkey. Prophecy was being fulfilled. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding in on a donkey. On a colt, on the foal of a donkey. Zechariah 9. This must have been so confusing to those who were watching and celebrating this parade. Because one who had been victorious and one who would go into battle was the one who would ride on a stallion, on a steed. It would be a powerful horse. The donkey was always about peace. And so even great kings would ride in on the donkey to bring in peace. And so can you imagine the confusion of those celebrating? Wait, we're shouting, Hosanna, save us! But he's riding in on a donkey. He was riding in with peace, and his desire was that the crowds would receive him as Prince of Peace. He was on his journey down, a journey that went from Bethany, a descent that would literally take him to the pits of hell. This two-mile journey, and the people laid their cloaks and, and their palm branches. For them, it was the red carpet. And they laid it out for Jesus. And as he approached, there was, as he came to the Mount of Olives, and he looked down the valley, and there before him would be the golden gates. Those were the gates that entered directly into the temple of God. Can you imagine all that Jesus is going through at this moment? I will sit rightly enthroned. I am the one who truly is King of Kings. But for now, I ride Prince of Peace. I know who I am. I see where I will be. And they praise him, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna meaning save us, save us. God save the king. And they're singing it out of Psalm 118. But it's interesting that they leave out part. Verse 22 of Psalm 118. The stone that the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. O oh Lord, save us. O oh Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we will bless you. The stone that was rejected. Their eyes had missed who Jesus was. Their hearts were not open to receiving the Prince of Peace. For unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
I was thinking about who we are as followers of Jesus Christ, that we are a reflection of him. We are ones who are to live for him. And as people look to us, that they, they would see Jesus in our lives. Jesus came in, riding in, offering peace. Peace that wasn't an absence of conflict, wasn't an absence of war, which most of us would like peace to be. I offer you peace, restoration with my Father through me, Jesus. I offer you rest for your souls as you come into right relationship with God, as you are forgiven and as you are cleansed, as you are cleansed from your sins and as you believe upon me, I give you peace, shalom, this rest within our inner being. That's what Jesus offers you. My peace I leave you, not as the world leaves for you. A peace that surpasses all understanding that guards our hearts and our minds. This is the peace that Jesus offers. We are to be the ones, I believe, you and me, to be the ones who bring peace amidst the chaos. This world is full of craziness. And I think God calls us right in the middle. There was a 5th century monk, his name was Telemachus. And he pursued God and he wanted to pursue God so much so that he went to the caves and he got away and he prayed and he fasted and he studied God's word and incredible meditation on the Lord. And as he was spending time with the Lord, he realized that his heart for the Lord was more of a selfish heart, not one that was selfless. And he felt God that was felt that God was calling him to leave the cave and to go into the city and to be an example of Christ to the city. And so he went in and he entered into Rome, and as he entered in, the Roman general Stilco had just had incredible victory over the Goths. And so it was a Christian nation at the time. It was the government religion was Christianity. And so the churches were full because of the great victories. And so they gave praise to God. And as he showed up, as Telemachus showed up, there was incredible shouting going on, and it came out of the Colosseum where 80,000 were gathered. And the Goths, who were prisoners of war, he brought them in. And they were brought in by the emperor, and there was, there was games going on where they would kill each other to please and amuse the crowds. And as Telemachus entered in, and 80,000 crying for blood, his heart was broken. And he literally ran into the middle of the two warriors and put his hands in between and cried out, Stop this madness! cried out to the crowd who was supposed to be Christian, stop this. And then came the boos. Leave. Get out of here. And he didn't. He stood between. Then came the rocks. And they stoned Telemachus to death. At that point, they canceled the games for the time, Honorius, the Roman emperor, declared Telemachus to be a martyr. And then from that point on, there was no more games. As followers of Jesus Christ, we are meant to be the stand between. 
to bring peace. And ultimately, peace to people's souls. To be the ones that reflect this peace of God, this rest for the soul. Again, in our family life, you know, we, we just jump in, don't we? We get into the battle of it all. Trust me, I know, we've all been there. And again, I think God is saying, you're the one who's a follower of me. Be the stand between here in this family of yours. An extended family who don't quite have a grasp. Their eyes haven't been opened to see. I ride in as Prince of Peace. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Christ rides in. He is worthy of our worship. Verse 39. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Jesus said, I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. The Lord desires our worship. He deserves our worship. There were people in the crowd who truly were rejoicing. They were followers. They wanted to know more of Jesus. And so they they cried out, Hosanna, blessed be the name of the Lord. But there were some, stop this. And Jesus says, literally, they cannot shut up. And if they do, the rocks will cry out. There will be in this place a literal rock concert unto me. There will be. Do you know why? Because he is worthy of our praise. He is God Almighty in the flesh fully in his son Jesus And he deserves and will receive our praise. And he rides in receiving it. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we should not be shut up. Even though there are Pharisees in our lives who are saying, be quiet, we cannot shut up. Because God has changed our lives. Because God has given us new life. We are a new creation in Christ. And so we must give him praise. We must bring forth truth of who he is he is worthy of it and he requires it and he loves our praise listen dear saints you are a chosen people you are a royal priesthood you are a holy nation you are a people belonging to god that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into this wonderful light that is who you are and so we will not shut up We cry out and we shout out, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his greatness. Praise him with harp and lyre and trumpet. Praise him with tambourine. Let's dance unto the Lord. Praise him. Everything that has breath, that would be you and me. Praise the Lord. And so he receives the praise. And I ask of all of us, do we praise the Lord with full hearts, full of thanks in our salvation? Because He's worthy of it. And every day He tells us, I love you, dear child. And do we tell Him back? I love you, God. I love you, Jesus. I give you my praise and my life. And Jesus rides in receiving the praise. And as he approached Jerusalem and they saw the city, he wept over it. 
and said, if you, if you, even you, had only on this day, if you had seen what would bring you peace, you missed why I came. If your hearts had been open to see that I needed to pay the price for your sin. And he wept. We only see Jesus weep one other place, right? Lazarus dies, his dear friend. And now we see him weep here. And I want us all to ask, why? Why does Jesus weep over that? Praises are being sung. I want to show you from Walk the Line a little clip. Maybe why Jesus wept. I'm sorry. I can't market gospel no more. I don't record material that doesn't sell, Mr. Cash, and gospel like that doesn't sell. So is it the gospel or the way I sing it? Both. Well, what's wrong with the way I sing it? I don't believe you. You're saying I don't believe in God? JR, come on, let's go. No. I want to understand. I mean, we come down here, we play for a minute, and he tells me I don't believe in God. You know exactly what I'm telling you. We've already heard that song a hundred times. Just like that. Just like how you sang it. Well, he didn't let us bring it home. <laughs> bring it home? All right, let's bring it home. If he was hit by a truck and you were lying out in that gutter dying and you had time to sing one song, huh? one song people would remember before your dirt, one song that would let God know what you felt about your time here on earth, one song that would sum you up, you telling me that's the song you'd sing, that same Jimmy Davis tune we hear on the radio all day, about your peace within and how it's real and how you're going to shout it? Or would you sing something different? Something real? It wasn't that Jesus didn't believe them. As he rode in, he looked into their hearts. And for many, as he gazed upon their hearts, he realized they didn't believe in him. What makes Jesus weep? He weeps over unrepentant hearts, hearts that haven't received him as Lord and Savior. He weeps over a world that is broken. He weeps over us when we, in many ways, are walking the line. That 
He knows our hearts, and he knows when we're giving them lip service. You know what I mean? And maybe for a season of our lives, we have chosen to, to just walk the line to, yeah, we give praise to God, but our hearts aren't there. And he sees that. And you know, as a loving father for you and for me, man, he calls us back. He's like, don't play the game with me. I, I don't want you to be lukewarm. That, that makes me sick to my stomach. I literally spit that out. I want worshipers who give me praise full from their hearts because they have been redeemed. They have been saved. They are bought with a price. And over the overflow of their hearts, they give me praise. And so he calls to each and every one of us to examine our hearts. Say, Lord, I don't want to just keep, you know, I want a little bit of the world here. I want a little bit of church. Some days I want to be Christian. Some days I don't. He wants all of us. And so we come and we sing his praise. We just pour that out upon him. And he receives it with joy. He loves us. He has come. He has written in our midst. The true light that gives light to every man is coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received them, to you and to me who receive Christ, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You see, God is in our midst through his son, Jesus Christ. He has ridden in and he has offered peace among the palms. He truly has become the great victor as he rose again. But he offers you and me salvation. He offers you and me restoration for our souls. He offers you and me transformation of our lives. He offers you and me hope now and for eternity. Because I came to ride in to save that which was lost. And so I bring peace among the palms for each and every one. And so we cry out with full hearts, Hosanna. Amen?